0: Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media.
1: You don't decide the day of your death any more than you decided the day of your birth. But you do decide the spiritual state you will be in when you die. We decide how our story will end spiritually. Coming up today,
0: Pastor Greg Laurie points out it's never too late to do what's right. It's never too late to fully surrender ourselves to the Lord.
1: It's not enough to just know what is right or even to be used by God for a time. You need to finish this race. This is the day when the lost are found.
0: greatest human achievers of all time had failings. Abraham Lincoln lost a number of elections and nominations. He lost his job, he lost all his money, he lost a sweetheart, but he eventually became a memorable U.S. president. And the Bible is full of stories of failures who became successes. On A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie shows us it's not how you start or detour, but how you finish that matters. He's continuing a series called World Changes.
1: All right, well let's grab our Bibles and we're going to turn to Judges chapter 16. And the title of my message is The Wasted Potential of a World Changer. And we're going to look at a guy who had an amazing beginning but not a great ending. And in fact I have to admit I'm even a little surprised he made it into the Heroes Hall of Faith of Hebrews 11. In fact, his name is just mentioned, among other names, Samson. He's just included. And listen, we decide how our story will end spiritually. You don't decide the day of your death any more than you decided the day of your birth. You don't decide how you will die or where you will die, but you do decide the spiritual state you will be in when you die. And we don't know when that day will come. You say, no, God decides that. No, actually, you decide that. God wants you close to Him. God wants you in friendship and fellowship and intimacy with Him, but that's my choice to have that relationship with the Lord or not to have that relationship with the Lord. And here's Samson who had a great beginning. I mean, he had superhuman qualities. Physically, there was none stronger. And God's Spirit came upon Samson to make a stand at a very dark time in the history of Israel. Similar to Gideon's time, everyone was doing what was right in their own eyes. And the Bible also says and judges that the word of the Lord was scarce in those days. So Samson was dedicated to the Lord and God wanted him to take the vow of a Nazarite. Among other things, that meant that you would never drink alcohol. And secondly, that you would grow your hair out. But no sooner does he get started when he starts doing the wrong things. The devil sized him up, found his Achilles heel, and came up with a hack. I know how to get this guy. And he designed a special instrument to bring Samson down. And her name was Delilah. By the way, the word Delilah means delicate. So this beautiful, delicate, feminine, probably petite girl, comes up to Samson. And uh, he's attracted to her. And this proved to be his undoing. So let's look at the story now. Judges 16, starting in verse four. By the way, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Afterward it happened that he loved a woman in the valley of Sorek, whose name was Delilah. And the lords of the Philistines came up to her and said to her, entice him and find out where his great strength lies and by what means we may overpower him so we can bind him to afflict him and every one of us will give you 1,100 pieces of silver. So Delilah said to Samson, Please tell me where your great strength lies and with what you may be bound to afflict you. Samson said, If they buy me with seven fresh bowstrings, not yet dried, I'll become weak like any other man.'" So the lords of the Philistines brought up the seven fresh bowstrings, and they're lying in wait and uh, staying with her in the room. And she said to him, The Philistines are upon you, Samson. And he broke the bowstrings as a strand of yard breaks when it touches fire. So the secret of his strength was not known. We'll stop there. But she would not give up. She kept tormenting him, she kept nagging him. And now she goes in for the kill. Go back to Judges 16. Verse 15. Then Delilah pouted. How can you say you love me when you won't confide in me? You've made fun of me three times now. You still haven't told me what makes you so strong. So day after day she nagged him until he couldn't stand it any longer. Finally Samson told her his secret. My hair has never been cut. He confessed I was dedicated to God as a Nazarite from birth. If my head were shaved, my strength would leave me and I would become weak as anyone else. Delilah realized he finally told her the truth. So she sent for the Philistine leaders. Come back one more time. He's told me everything. So the Philistine leaders returned and brought the money with them. And she lulled Samson to sleep with his head in her lap. And she called to a man to shave off his hair, making his capture certain. And his strength left him. Then she cried out, Samson, the Philistines have come to capture you. And he woke up and thought, I'll do as I have before and shake myself free. But he didn't realize the Lord had left him. Underline that verse. He didn't realize the Lord had left him. So the Philistines captured him and gouged out his eyes and they took him to Gaza where he was bound with bronze chains and made to grind grain in the prison. And that reminds us of something. Sin blinds you, it finds you, and it grinds you. See, the Philistines took Samson, gouged out his eyes, and bound him with bronze chains, and he was grinding grain in the prison. Sin blinds you, finds you, and grinds you. First sin blinds you. You do irrational things. Yeah, I've heard of men, of course, you have too, I'm sure, walking away from their wives who love them, their children. To go have some stupid fling, heard of women abandoning their families to go find themselves? You know, crazy stuff. It blinds you to the truth. It seems so appealing at first, but then, you know, you find yourself trapped. Number two, sin finds you. And what does that mean? The Bible says your sin will find you out. I know you're getting away with it right now, but it's going to catch up with you sooner or later. You know there is that euphoric-like excitement the first time you cross the line with that person. After that first sexual encounter or after you visit that first uh, illicit website or after you steal that object. Oh, I got away with it. That was fun. Sin can be fun, can't it? Right? Right? The Bible speaks of the pleasures of sin for a season, for a season, for a time. There's a little bit of a rush, but now here comes the repercussions like a ton of bricks crashing down on you. And that's what we don't think about. Oh, well, I'm having fun. They lied. They lied to me, man. It's fun. Hey, I'm not lying to you. It's fun. And then it kills you. So if you're down with that, go for it. But I think we, we like to ignore the other part. Well, I'll never get caught. No one will ever know it. I'll never face the repercussions. So oh, sin blinds you, then sin finds you, and then sin grinds you. Then there's the repercussion of sin broken families, betrayed trust, damaged witness and reputation, devastated children with deep wounds that they may carry for the rest of their lives. That's what sin can do.
0: Great to have you with us today on a new beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie, the senior pastor of Harvest Christian Fellowship in Riverside, California, USA. And he's sharing some strong warnings about sin today, some of his most heartfelt counsel looking at the downfall of the great strong man Samson. It's a message called Wasted Potential of a World Changer.
1: God gave Samson a second chance. And by the way, verse 22 of Judges 16 is a life verse for all bald men. However, the hair of his head began to grow again after it had been shaven. I often read this verse. I hold the Bible to my head. I say, Lord, let it be even now unto your bald servant, Greg. Just let my hair begin to grow. His hair began to grow again. I love that. See, Samson was learning. He he was learning the hard way. (laughs) So here he's down grinding the wheat in the mill, going around in circles. His eyes are gone can't see anything. His hair is shaved, but it's starting to grow back. So one day the Philistines are having a big drunken feast to worship their false god, Dagon. And by the way, Dagon was half fish and half man. Sort of a merman. Instead of a mermaid, it was a merman. Hey, let's worship the merman. Let's worship Dagon, yeah. Then some Philistine had the stupidest idea in all of Philistine history let's bring up that Samson guy for entertainment. You know, he doesn't have any strength left, so they bring up Samson. Walks upstairs. He's not looking around. He can't see a thing. There's a little boy next to him, little servant kid, and he says, son, would you show me where the foundational pillars of this temple are? And the little boy says, sure, come on. And he walks over. (laughs) Puts a hand on one pillar. He puts a hand on the other, and he says, Lord, give me strength to do this one last time. And he pushes, and the Pillars come apart and the floor above collapses, and thousands of Philistines who are partying away, worshiping a false god, fall to their deaths, and he ends up killing more Philistines in the end that he had killed in his entire career, if you will. So in a way it was a victory. But of course the sad part is he died with the Philistines. Remember, God said he would begin to deliver Israel. Unfortunately, he didn't finish the job he started. He had a great beginning, not a great ending, but God did give him a second chance. So let's learn the lesson of Samson. It's not enough to just know what is right or even to be used by God for a time. You need to finish this race. But let me say this. Maybe some of you said, well, it's too late for me. I've made so many mistakes and... I'm in this messed up family, and I know the same bad things that my mom and dad did. I'm going to do, and then my kids are going to do, and there's no way to break this cycle of sin. I'm telling you, Jesus can change your story. He can change your story. And I have a great illustration for that, because I have a letter that I received recently from a listener. Her name is Lisa. It's a little bit long, but stay with me. I think you'll Agree with me that this is an amazing story. Lisa writes, "'Let me tell you how your ministry has changed my life. "'I grew up in an alcoholic home. "'My parents were alcoholics. "'My father was abusive to my mother. "'I was a second child of four. "'I had an older sister, younger sister, "'and younger brother, "'and we were brought up as Catholics. "'But I never knew anything about salvation "'or having a relationship with Jesus Christ.'" When I was nine years old, my mother, father, and younger sister were in an alcohol-related car accident in March of 1987. My father and younger sister passed away. My mother was in critical condition for several months. I disliked going to the hospital to visit her, having to see all the tubes and wires and bandages. I barely recognized her. My mother recovered after the doctor said she wouldn't walk again. Unfortunately, after her recovery, she continued with her drinking and binged, not caring for the three children, her three children that remained alive. I believe because of the hurt, pain, and difficult life we had, my older sister then committed suicide at the age of 20. Okay, this story is just going from bad to worse. This hurt me very much, Lisa writes. I felt hurt and alone like no one cared. I would think why was I created to endure all this pain and hurt, to be left alone? I often had thoughts of suicide. My brother was being cared for by my uncle and his family and my mom continued her drinking and I pretty much grew up on my own. I finished school but I got pregnant at a young age. And then in 1997 my mom was driving drunk and she killed a woman. She was charged with vehicular homicide and was sent to prison. Wow. It's just gone down. But God loves to interrupt stories like this. But it was during this time that she was incarcerated. She began to listen to Christian radio and you were one of the ones she would listen to. She listened and listened until one night she cried out to God and surrendered her life to Jesus. Praise God, she's now a born again Christian. She's been serving the Lord faithfully and the Lord has done great things in her life. And she fasted and prayed for my salvation for five years and in 2003, I gave my life to the Lord. I remember my mother saying she would listen to you on the radio every day. If she hadn't heard the message and gotten saved, I don't think I would be saved. Thank you for your faithfulness to God. Then listen to what she says. I lost two sisters, but the Lord has given me many sisters in Christ. I'm thankful for what Jesus has done for me on the cross. God bless you and Harvest Ministry. Isn't that a great story? <laughs> True story. You know people talk about generational curses. There's a curse on your family and there's no way to break the curse. Nonsense. There's no generational curses. When Jesus died on the cross, all curses, all sin was broken. And when you put your faith in Christ, you are free from it. I don't need to go over my story. You know it. My mom was an alcoholic. My mom was married and divorced seven times. If statistics went their natural direction, I would have been divorced multiple times by now. I would probably be a drunk and slurring my words. I wouldn't be a preacher. I will tell you that. But God interrupted my story. And He turned my mess into a message. And He did the same for Lisa. And He can do the same for you. And I don't care what trouble you've gotten yourself into. Say, well Greg, I've made the worst decisions. And then worst decisions on top of that. Okay, right. So own it. Admit it. Ask God to help. Cry out to God. Just like Lisa's mom did. Cry out to God. And the Lord will hear you. And the Lord will answer your prayer. And God will change your story. Let's all bow our heads for prayer. Father, I pray for any that are here with us, any that are listening or watching, wherever they are, speak to their hearts now and help them to see their need for you and help them to come to you, we would pray. Amen.
0: Pastor Greg Laurie with an important word of prayer on a new beginning. And if you've come to realize today that you need to make a change in your relationship with the Lord, Pastor Greg would love to help you to do that
1: right now. As you've been listening to this today, maybe you've heard another voice. By that I mean, yeah, you heard me say a few things, but you heard God's voice speak to you deep in the recesses of your heart, and it suddenly dawned on you, this is what I need, or to state it more accurately, this is who I need. I need Jesus and I want Jesus, but maybe you don't know how to make that connection. Let me help you. Pray this after me right now if you want Jesus Christ to come into your life. Lord Jesus, I know I am a sinner and I am sorry for my sin and I need your forgiveness right now. Would you come into my heart and my life as Savior, as God, as friend, I choose to follow you from this moment forward. Thank you for calling me and accepting me and forgiving me. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I know that was a relatively short prayer. Maybe you felt something as you prayed it. Maybe you felt nothing. That doesn't really matter because God's word says, these things we write to you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. It doesn't say, so you may think you have it, or you may hope you have it if God's in a good mood. No, that you can know it. And I want you to know, if you pray that prayer in a minute, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, has come into your life. So congratulations. You're now a Christian. Now continue to follow the Lord.
0: Thanks, Pastor Greg. We'd love to help you begin your new walk of faith if you've just prayed that prayer today. We'd love to send you a new Believer's Growth Packet. It'll answer some of the questions you might have and help you get started in this walk of faith. So get in touch for your new Believer's Growth Packet. Ask for it when you call one 800 0 Well, tomorrow, Pastor Greg continues his inspiring World Changes series and he helps us to consider the life of King David. It's a message called The Ups and Downs and Ups of a World Changer. That's tomorrow, same time, right here on A New Beginning. This is the day, the day when life if you'd like a full copy of Pastor Greg's message from today, get in touch with Vision Christian Store. Search Wasted Potential of a World Changer at visionstore.org.au or call 1-800-00-50-11. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.